That AI gold rush that has seen billions of dollars poured into startups might already be slowing down as some of those businesses begin to cut workers. That is the focus of today's Tech Check with Deirdre Bosa. Morning, Dee. Hey, good morning, guys. Well, generative AI has, of course, been this kind of untouchable space in tech and markets this year. Seven mega caps leading the broader markets higher. AI adjacent in different ways. I know we're going to get to Microsoft in a moment in that pop we're seeing. But AI startups as well, attracting billions of dollars in private funding despite a VC winter. There are some signs, though, that some of the air could be coming out over the last week or so. Two chatbot startups laying off employees. One of them was Jasper, a so-called AI platform that helps users create content with generative AI software, blogs and social media posts and the such. It raised a $125 million Series A round at a $1.5 billion valuation last year. On LinkedIn, its CEO now writing that the layoffs are part of efforts to, quote, sharpen our focus and align resources to become the best possible AI co-pilot for marketing teams. We should say best possible in a crowded field. Now, Jasper is one of a handful of startups that essentially uses AI to write content for marketing teams. There's copy.ai, WordTune, Simplified, Typeface AI, which also recently raised $100 million at a billion-dollar valuation. There's also Mutiny, another chatbot startup that has reportedly cut 30% of its workers amid this rivalry. Now, each one of these companies, they say that there is something unique that sets it apart from the competition, but likely they don't all survive as standalone products. And the latest layoffs may suggest that investors are starting to get impatient. In public market, AI hype, perhaps the biggest test so far is coming in the form of earnings season. Last quarter, an AI wrapper was sometimes all you needed for a bump. You just had to mention it a bunch of times on your earnings call. But this time around, investors are going to be looking for actual impact on revenue and earnings, which, guys, brings us to Microsoft, seeing that the 3% pop is going to be charging for its chatbot, its open AI chat GBT products. And that's going to trickle through to the bottom and top lines. Mark, it's excited about that, I, the monetization. Once, once companies, maybe that's the next level here, dear Joe. Keyword. Announcing AI strategies to charging for AI. $30 a month, it looks like, is what they're, what they're putting out there. I mean, that's exactly what NVIDIA told us last quarter, right? They were sort of one of the last of the big tech to report. But everyone thought that AI was a secular shift that was sometime in the future. And NVIDIA told investors, no, it's right here. We're going to book revenue and a lot of it this year on this shift. That's what Microsoft investors are hoping is telling us right now. Mm -hmm. They're going to be charging a pretty steep price um, for these products. What is that? It was, I think, $30, right? Yeah, $30. Um, So it's it's not cheap, but... Investors believe that companies, users, people, they all want this and they're willing to pay for it. So that will trickle down. I feel like for companies, it is pretty cheap. I mean, to get access there. Um, Interesting to see that lift the stock and the whole market. Shares of AT&T just off their lowest closing price in 30 years as a recent Wall Street Journal investigation into toxic lead cables and a series of downgrades weigh on that stock. Deidre Bosa digs into that for us in today's Tech Check. Hi, Deidre. Tyler, 1993 was the year Whitney Houston topped the Billboard 100. Jurassic Park won the box office. Seinfeld won an Emmy and AT&T traded at 13 bucks a share. Three decades later, AT&T is back at those levels after a journal report over toxic, toxic lead cables left behind by telco companies. AT&T has contested the report, calling the testing methodologies flawed, but scrutiny has begun with lawmakers. They're asking for more details and investors as well who are trying to size the cost and litigation potential. Now, this is the latest catalyst pressuring shares coming on top of repeated downward revisions for AT&T's wireless and fiber growth business. 
and that slowdown in subscriber growth. To be fair, guys, Verizon also has a similarly ugly chart of returns over the last three decades, and it's also getting hit by the lead cables report. So you're seeing them come back a little bit today, but some investors, they are they are looking at them to buy them close to historic lows. And another reason may be their dividend yields. AT&T's is 8.2% versus the S&P's 1.5%. But guys, it's the uncertainty here that's bringing these stocks further down. No one knows how long this is going to last and Leg- what the costs are going to be. These are legacy telephone companies that we're talking about here. Are any other companies like cable companies um, afflicted by the same issues or not? Yeah, they are. There's other companies um, that have been selling off in this. There's Frontier Communications. There's Lumen Technologies that have been affected by this report from the Wall Street Journal. And it, but, you know, really, we focus on AT&T and Verizon, AT&T in particular, because it is so widely held, Tyler. It's in mutual funds. It's in hedge funds. It's held by individuals. And the idea that it has gone nowhere in three decades, it hasn't created any value for its shareholders is pretty remarkable. And of course, it was AT and T was the was the phone company. Uh, Verizon was a portion of the phone company. It was Bell Atlantic. It was C and P Telephone. It was a, a lot of other things. But these were all branches off the AT and T tree. You know what? They've also tried to become much more than a phone company, right? Part of the of reason that you know hasn't created value is all of these sort of doomed acquisitions the company has gone after. Remember at one point it tried to go after T-Mobile. There was a huge $3 billion breakup fee. There was DirecTV, of course, and Time Warner. Who could forget that? $85 billion now, you know, offloading. Yeah. So part of the reason it's huge debt load as well because of this. But it's, uh, it, it, you know, these talk about some of these are, are um, kind of cables running through the sea or through Lake Tahoe. Some of these are cables that just yeah. are hanging over bus stations and, you know, near where children are going to elementary schools. Now that this is highlighted, there's, yeah. it's gonna, they're going to have to remediate it somehow. And yeah. I don't know exactly what precedent there is, Deirdre, but I think it's going to be a costly one. Yeah, I mean, there was, I guess, some precedent that some people have pointed to was this issue over lead paint. It involved Sherwin-Williams, Conagra Brands, and NL Industries. And it was ultimately, I think, a more than $300 million settlement um, over lead paint lawsuit. But it actually took years to resolve. So on maybe the flip side, it could take a very long time to figure this out. So that cost could be in the future. But that's the one sort of precedent that I've heard, read about. All right. Deirdre, for now, thanks very much, our Deirdre Bosa.